Welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 225. My name is Colin Mahern, and with me this week, I know this man is a fan of Monster Munch. It's Chris Hallam. Hello, Colin. And she was raging at the fact skips were thrown into the shit tier. It's Alice Bell. Is this that fucking crisp thing? The crisp hierarchy. The crisp hierarchy. I mean, it was entirely incorrect. I know you were raging that plain Pringles were at the top, but plain Pringles are great. And, oh, and skips off. are right, shit right, tier. No, 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 no. Skips are not shit tier. Skips are a, a fine crisp. They're it, weird. No, but see, that's why they're good. Because there is nothing... There is nothing like a skip. I just saw wheat crunchies down at the bottom, and I was a bit pissed off by that because you can't beat a nice like the nice bacon wheat crunchies. Well, there was some controversy uh, surrounding the obviously the most controversial story of uh, the past seven days. Obviously, um, because mini cheddars were included in this, as was proper corn. And I'm sure there was something else in here. That I, was that was like, hang oh, on, popcorn. Yeah, what's that doing in crisps? I think mini cheddars is okay, but popcorn is definitely not a crisp. But mini, so a mini, but mini cheddars are like a, a cracker, more so than a like you would create a mini cheddar. Uh, what were they called? Ritz talk. You would that 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 would be in its no, own no, no, separate. Are you putting them in crackers in the biscuits category? Almost. No, I think mini the cheddars. They're, clo- they're closer yeah. to biscuits. I think mini crisps. cheddars are closer to crisps because I like mini they're cheddars. They're fucking small and they come in a bag. I like mini cheddars, but I don't really like full size cheddars because they have a completely different texture. Yeah, they're a completely different mouthfeel experience. I used to like dipping mini cheddars into hot chocolate. <laughs> Okay, oh, that's Jesus fucking weird. Oh, it's delicious. No, uh, it's do you know not. What? I'm, I'm going to bring it into the office. I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong. You are not. Do- I'm you'll proving be fired. you wrong. You'll be out of the door immediately. <laughs> that fucking sounds disgusting. Oh, seriously. It's well, hold on. How does that happen? How does that actually occur? When When is the time where you go, hang on, let's just give this a go? Because there was obviously that thought process where you said, I'll try this for the first time. How does that come about? Well, you know what? You can't knock it till you've tried it, really, can you? So I thought, do you know what? Let's I push mean, the boat I've out. I've never and... had dog shit, Chris, but I could, t- I could hazard a guess that it's not that tasty. <laughs> That's different, though, isn't it? There's, is a, there's a really big difference between mini cheddars and dog shit. So I would imagine dog like, shit doesn't come in a bag. So you were having a, some hot chocolate and there were some mini cheddars in the cupboard rather than eating some mini cheddars and going... No, I was you know at, what, I was at college it. and I bought some and I thought, do you know what? I'm I'm going to give this a try. Good God! Yeah, really good. But on to the news this week, lest we continue talking about crisps. Although it has given me an idea for the extended bit of the podcast. One uh, one story this week that I found quite interesting is that. There's talks of including esports in the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. Uh, so the committee that's setting up the bid for the for the Paris or the Paris bid for the those Olympic Games is uh, discussing with the International Olympics Committee about whether esports can become an Olympic event. Uh, the the co-president Tony and I'm going to have a stab at it, Estangu. Uh, he said, we have to look at it because we can't say it's not us. It's not about Olympics. Um, like, I just, I don't know. what what What's the general thoughts behind this? Because the first, the first kind of uh, sporting event, I suppose, first games that will include esports as a medal event is the 2022 Asian Games. Well, yeah. it, it would be if they decide to do it kind of thing, like... 
Oh, they, but no, they no, are no, doing that's, it in the Asian Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's like a fully medalled event as well, isn't it? It's like a full medal event at the Asian Games. Yeah, yeah I look, so. like there's loads of weird shit in the Olympics. What? Sure, like this is fine, probably, isn't it? Like, See, I don't think so because ooh. because well, it's it a go- test of metal and skill, though. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and I'd never doubt that for a, a split second, right? And I'm probably giving away a future debatable topic here, but it's it's that type of yearning that video games has to always fucking be included, mm-hmm. and it's it's very it's very like you know we want to have an Oscars because the Oscars is seen as prestigious and we want our own prestigious awards event where the general public will will kind of accept us. The mainstream will accept games. Uh, and it's, it's the same with esports. It is that type of... We want we want that acceptance from, from sporting communities. Why? Like an why, acknowledgement. Why, why just create your own... Fuck, you have done. Hmm. You're raking in hundreds of millions of dollars. Like yeah. wh- whether it be... Um, well, I suppose the biggest one is League, and you've Dota, and then kind yeah, of under periphery. That was like seven. Was it seventeen million or twenty-four million for the, for the um, international for the international this yeah, year? Yeah, League is fucking League is just ridiculous. And then even. on the periphery, you've CS:GO. Uh, I I just I I don't know. I find it a little bit strange. Really? Like, I- you you you. Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain. I'd love to see the esports at the Olympics, just because. The thing is, the Olympics, right, it's it's great to watch all the events and see how the athletes do this stuff, but the people that run the Olympics are the biggest bunch of corrupt fuckers ever. So I'd love to just see something come in and just kind of just mix it all up. So you'd love to up. see them raking money thanks to esports? Well, I mean, it's not like they can build a ridiculous £500 million stadium um just for esports, is it? Or I would love it if that was the thing they did, though. From then on, they built like a special stadium for the esports. <laughs> Desecrated like every Olympics, a city for the future. Every Olympics, they had to do like swimming pools, uh, athletics track, esports stadium. <laughs> from now on, that would be amazing. Like, I, I'm not saying I'd love to see it. I just also kind of don't give it. Like, I don't think it sh- <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, I don't think it should be as good. Although, I suppose. If you had esports in it, you'd then have to go like darts. Come on well, in. Well, see, this is it, right? I love darts. They I are bringing darts, darts in, aren't they? Darts. Uh, well, I think there was a there was a discussion. Yeah. Uh, skateboarding. That's why. Like, that's why when you look at skateboarding, um, Jesus, I can't think of any. What well, else is in the X Games? Skateboarding. skateboarding. They, they, like, they created yeah. the X Games yeah. as their Olymp- Olympics, basically, yeah. because they weren't seen as Olympic sports. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like, as I say, darts. I love darts. Yes, darts is a sport. But will darts ever be in the Olympics? No, it won't be. Like, be- because it's it's not seen as this, similar to what you're saying, Chris, this mm. kind of test of metal, this yeah. uh, physical endurance. I mean, I think if skateboarding was overlooked for it, which is, you have to be pretty damn athletic to be able to do skateboarding and hard as nails. Um, I don't think the others... Sh- Darts or esports really should be involved in it, but I agree with what you say. Like create create the Olympics where, where you like, have do, do, you have a, a Dota event, uh, a, a League of Legends event, a CS:GO. Sounds like a sports whatever. injury. <laughs> Olympics. So is like is the threshold like if you can still do your sport after you've had like a can? Is that? That then it shouldn't hardy, be in the hardy, usual crack about darts. Darts is no, 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 no,
Is that the like darts, darts player or the fans? Esports, probably skateboarding as well. Like you probably wouldn't perform as well. You might break a bone, but like I don't think a can was the problem in the skateboarding. Or like, the... or, not, or like, if you if you can still like have drinking as part of your regular diet leading up to the Olympics. Can can the <laughs> is that an Olympic sport? Um, why not? Just make drinking an Olympic sport. Fuck it, drugs. Although I do. And I won't claim this is my own gag. Uh, I, I, Tommy Tiernan said it many moons ago, and I was kind of, I, I see the value in that. Just pump them all full of drugs. Why, why do some of them get an advantage over others? Like a special Olympics do, for that. For like, for yeah, like just let let all of them take every performance enhancing drug they want. And well, like the see, winner is the person that can can withstand Superman. the most. <laughs> <laughs> like doing, yeah, who can absorb the most steroids without falling over and dying. Um, but there, I suppose, I don't know. They, this discussion will rage on. Is should esport be included in the Olympics and be kind of I don't know recognised in the same way that athletics is or all these things? And it, if it does get to that stage, it is a massive achievement. Uh, but then sometimes you gotta change achievements. Oh my god! And this is literally Microsoft, about listen, esports. Listen, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. But this is what Microsoft is doing. They're changing achievements, right? Well, okay. Basically, right. The vice president, Mike Ibarra, uh, he was talking about uh, the the new Xbox Fluent design uh, on a recent podcast with Windows Central, and he spoke about how there was going to be changes to achievements. And effectively, this is to benefit those who play games for a longer period of time. Kind of, again, kind of going on that esports kind of slant, I suppose. So those who have the metal to be able to specialise in something. I, I, I guess so. Like, his, um, uh, like he, he mentioned, uh, we can do a lot more to reflect and let people show their gaming history and their status. Whether it's somebody who only plays multiplayer in Halo 5 at a professional level, maybe they only have 2,000 gamer score. You want to be able to celebrate that person. Um, now, how they're actually going to be doing that, I don't know. I don't know how you... Because, because that was the, the... I mean, that's what achie- achievements are. Complete this task. Like, it's very task-orientated. Finish this chapter of that game. Kill 50 enemies of this type with this gun. And mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure how you kind of change it, but is that the type of... Or would, would that breathe new life into uh, achievements? I, I don't know. I think if you... Like, there are certain people that really love achievements. So, like, I was talking to a guy recently who was like, now, like, he used to just play Call of Duty. He'd spend, like, eight hours a day playing Call of Duty and just getting better at it. And then watching, like, YouTube videos and stuff when he wasn't playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And now he games in a completely different way and he will, but he st- he fucking loves achievements. So he picks and chooses games that, that so like he doesn't play RPGs because he doesn't have the time to play it and get all the achievements. Yeah. So he picks shorter games that he knows he can like, you know, get all the achievements, like all the trophies or whatever for it. So it's like gaming the system. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. so like, he, I think achievements. I think if you're like an esports person, you're fucking drilling sixteen hours a day into one game. You maybe don't necessarily care about achievements anyway. Mm, yeah, it's more the craft than it is about like the actual acknowledgement of yeah. what you're getting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, do well. A kind of a wider question: Do people care about achievements anymore? I used to. 
when the when the 360 first came out, I found myself spending quite a bit of time in trying to get all the achievements in the god-awful Perfect Dark Zero, which, when you reflect on it, three days later, you think, why on earth have I even bothered doing that? Because it's shoddy. But um, over time, I found myself kind of drifting away from achievements, and I think what really nailed it for me was um, Assassin's Creed 2 on the um, PS3. And I'd basically my aim in this game i loved the game i thought it was fantastic and i thought you know what i'm going to try and get all the achievements and i worked like a bastard to try and get everything and do you know you collect all the feathers on the rooftops feathers yeah i'd got everything but because the ps3 version was so like so glitchy it says that i had 91 percent, and i'd done everything you look at the Mm. stats screen everything had been done and that was it. it broke achievements and trophies for me i stopped giving a shit from then I think definitely people do, though. I mean, like, our si- Rosero Network, our sister sites, are built on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Like, I think there's definitely a, a wide audience for it. I just don't know, personally, how much there is a crossover between esports and achievements. No. You know, the esports message achievements differently, you know, with winning games and stuff. But w- would Rather than with the gamer score. Do you not see something like this, maybe bringing in that eSport audience. I mean, possibly it just depends how they do it. I mean, like, if if it is, if the achievements are marked by, like, you spent 300 hours playing this game, that's maybe a bit... That that would maybe make it more unhealthy for people who chase achievements for chasing achievements. See, there'd have to be, I don't know, there, like, something like that, you'd have to... I, I don't know, you... There'd have to be some requirement where you've, you've played it for 300 hours because someone could just leave it running or someone, you know... Like when did they, they introduce the achievements for Netflix? Was that when the with the Xbox One, when it was like you have watched ten hours of Netflix? Well, yeah, it was, yeah. It's like, all right, cheers. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I like. All right, okay, yeah. There are still people who are probably very much embedded in that community because of the power it wielded when it when they first came out. Yeah. Um. I think Microsoft's trying to socialise it as well, though, aren't they? So they're trying to justify the need for achievements. And by focusing on folks that like play esports games and so on, um, maybe they're trying to put a spotlight on them in a different way, for achieving in a different way, which might not necessarily be a points mm-hmm. system. And I think that's what they're trying to do. But they're not really giving much away in that interview. They're not, kind of no. saying, we're going to drastically change it, but they're not saying how Mm -hmm. so i guess that's where we're kind of at a loss really Uh, ea is putting a spotlight on fifa 18 surprisingly enough can you imagine uh when it comes to the switch anyway because um the ea worldwide studios vice president eric soderland uh in an interview with edge he he basically said that fifa 18 and quote maybe a couple of others, without actually saying what they are, uh, he said that the success of FIFA will... That will basically see uh, how much EA put into the Switch going forward. Hmm. Um, He said, We believe that we want to be a part of the Switch, which is an interesting wording, and help Nintendo grow that installed base. That's why you'll see FIFA, which, which, by the way, is really good this year. Just an interesting little caveat there. That made the me laugh. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's actually all right this year. FIFA's great this year. Uh, no. Every other year it was shit. The, <laughs> like, the thing is, 
it, like the Switch version of FIFA is still missing a few features. It's still missing the journey, yeah. which you can get on uh, Xbox or PlayStation. And it's also not built using Frostbite. No, it's not. No, yeah. So, like, you're still getting an inferior product. Yes, I know people are like, oh, I'll, I'll get to take FIFA on the go. But, I don't know. Like, uh, it sounds f- like the legacy version. Do you remember the version they did on the Wii U on when Wii- that came out? Mm. And it was like, it was FIFA 14, was it? And it was basically running on the FIFA 12 engine. And it sounds like that all over again, really. It's like kind of, do you know what? Well, half ass a game. And if that does well, then we might support it with some other half assed efforts. But if it doesn't, then it's justified as for not putting any effort in in the first place. Well, right. the, the thing is, right? If you're buy if you're buying FIFA because you want FIFA, you're not getting it on the Switch, are you? Mm-hmm. Where like, so they're relying on people that have a Switch going, yeah, I'll, I'll I want FIFA. I want to play Ultimate Team on the toilet. Yeah, but but like it is, like I suppose. What else are they going to judge it on? You're going to judge it like you're going to judge how you will support the console on your best-selling game. Like, do you remember a couple of weeks ago we spoke about how Capcom mentioned they were going to be, like, how much they were going to support Monster the Switch was dependent on Monster Hunter. Uh, they we- said the same on Street Ultra Street Fighter 2 mm-hmm. as well a yeah. few months before, didn't they? So, like, EA here at least are kind of taking one of, if not arguably, their kind of crown jewel. Yeah. Do you know? So, like, it makes sense in it's that regard. It's the largest selling title, isn't it? it it's just anyone... Who who buys FIFA still more than likely is going to be buying it on PS4 or Xbox One? I would hazard a guess. Well, yeah, it's context, isn't it? Like it may be their biggest selling title, like their best title, but is is it right for the Switch? Like, mm-hmm. which is an entirely different concept context to it being on, you know, a PlayStation or Xbox or PC or whatever. I think it would. It could be if they put the effort in. And if they kind of had the same experience across all the platforms, I understand the graphical limitations, but like in terms of the core experience of the game, if that was all brought across, I think that could work. But they, you know, sometimes, sometimes you release a game and you can add things to it afterwards. You can add single player, you can add story modes. They could add the journey after the fact, just like Hello Games have done. Uh, with No Man's Sky. That one was pretty good that time. That was pretty decent, wasn't it? Yeah, um, was so, so yeah, um, patch 1.3 uh, is out for No Man's Sky now. And it has added a 30-hour campaign. And it's added this thing called Joint Explor- Exploration, excuse me, which is a sort of multiplayer. Kind of, yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. Can you? Um, well, basically, now you can join up with friends and explore planets and the universe together, but your friends are depicted as floating orbs. Mm-hmm. Rather than, like, Rather people. Rather than actual people. Yeah. 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 So, but the thing is, it is part of their... I mean, fair play to Hello Games. I mean, I bought No Man's Sky when it came out, and it was bare bones as heck. And now it seems like with update 1.3, they've added a game into the game that I bought, which is great. Um, 12 months after the fact. 12 months after the fact. It was it was blatantly an early access title that was just massively overhyped and ridiculously undelivered. And uh, under-delivered, sorry. But um, they are planning on putting proper multiplayer into the game. You know what they spoke about a year ago. 
and this is part of the foundations towards them working towards that. We should maybe go back to it if we can find the disc. Yeah, I know. I, I was telling you, I know I have a disc somewhere. Yeah, um, I downloaded it, so I could probably download it onto the console. We'll, might, yeah, yeah. We'll, we can talk, well, we can talk, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, should, but I mean, think like maybe we should revisit it. But this is, I mean, we talked about it before. It's a weird thing with games, especially now. People are pushing stuff through after release, like mm. after review date. And it's kind of like, what do, you know, I have to review what I've got. Mm-hmm not what you say it's going to be in a bit and and also to do a retrospective essentially yeah but like at the same time it's obviously massively different now a year later like when uh, like like you mentioned an early access uh, are you liking it to an early access game yeah 100% that's what it was but uh, obviously with uh, like with Sony's money or Sony's kind of promotion you know, it was like we, we this game needs to be out, and then you just have to go. Fair enough. Here is what we have currently. But and then they toss wh- them onto a log fire straight uh, afterwards. Like when uh, I don't know, like 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 an early access game coming out of early access. Yeah, like you can still patch it. You can still add things. You Absolutely. can still take away yeah. things. Uh, I just I don't know. It, it, like a thirty-hour campaign and this kind of like like you mentioned, it's not even the end point for the multiplayer. No. Like, why not? Like, but then that's not, like, if I buy No Man's Sky 12 months ago, I'm not getting No Man's Sky. I'm, no, get, no. I'm getting a, I'm getting the bare, the bare bones edition You're of getting no a Man's concept Sky. of a game, essentially, aren't you? That's what you, that's what everybody bought into at first. And we were promised this massive exploration game where no planet is the same. Everything's completely different. It's all based on maths formulas um and it's a mind-blowing experience and do you know what like for all the hate that the game got i actually and how much i will take the piss out of it i actually did enjoy it um and kudos to like hello games for all the flack and all the shit that they've been given they have kept on cracking on at the game and they've kept the reds down and they're working on it and they're and they're doing that and they're doing these little args to tie into it as well aren't they um but I mean, with all the crap that they got, it was great to see them actually kind of, um, kind of put something out which had substance to it. So, mm. I would like to actually dive back in and play and see what it's like now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe we should. Uh, but you talk about the the general public maybe taking a bit of a disliking to No Man's Sky, and that is true. Uh, it felt like maybe not dislike. <laughs> but it was more apathy, really, was the general consensus <laughs> when Valve announced their new game, Artifact. So, uh, during the, inter- the aforementioned International, uh, Valve, uh, on stage, showed off a trailer, a 30-second teaser, which basically yeah. shows the logo. It's very, very brief. For Artifact, which is out in 2018. And there's kind of a hushed silence in the crowd, waiting for I, I don't really know what they're waiting for but then it's I mean, when when, like, when the descriptor shows up underneath the logo logo saying Dota uh, Dota card collectible trading game whatever it was it's just this kind of oh it's brilliant isn't it it's comedy gold mm, it, it, like, <laughs> I mean what but is it, what were you expecting what were you expecting Half-Life 3 to be fucking announced at the international no don't be so silly like it's never I, happening is it 
I, I, I don't know. It was. Uh, I mean, it, it was funny. Like I wasn't expecting the first game that Valve has announced in a long time to be a collectible card game, which everybody else is doing. Yeah, at the anyway. like Gabe sat sat in a boardroom going, guys. We need to get in on this market that has already been cornered for some time by Blizzard. Like, it just seems like a weird move. I mean, I guess Dota is massive, though. So, I mean, I Dota is massive. Uh, the CCGs are quite big as well. I know what you're saying. Hearthstone kind of has has really cornered the market, but at the same time. Uh, like Valve, are Valve a developer anymore? I mean, I mean, apparently, <laughs> like to a but to a point. Like Steam yeah. is a Steam is their cash cow. Like they yeah. never have to make a single game ever again. No, and they make a fortune still off Team Fortress hats, mm-hmm. which is worrying. I mean that this. I think this car game will do better than whatever that one that Gearbox announced as well will be. Oh, what was Project what was One V One? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's like a card game, but also a shooter as well. It's just like Gearbox, lads. Come on. I, I know you're better than this. Just do the next Borderlands. It'll be fine. On to what we've been playing this week. And Alice Bell, I am waiting with bated breath to hear all about Agents of Mayhem because I... I quite enjoy the Saints Row series, so I am just I'm just really looking forward to playing Agents of Mayhem. I mean, it's fine. It's not like Saints Row. <laughs> right, you're breaking my you're breaking my heart, Alice. Well, I, I think it's important people know that because it does it trades on Saints Row. Well, not trades on, but like it's set in the Saints Row universe. It's got Saints like characters that have turned up in Saints Row in it. It's got, you know, Johnny Gat as a DLC agent that you can download and shit. Uh like the Agents of Mayhem logo is like the the you know, Third Street Saints fleur de lis sign. Yep, there's a lot like, of purple going around. So what is what is Agents of Mayhem? I don't nutshell? know. Like that's the thing. Because Colin has been asking me, like, is it like this? Like Saints Row is. It's funny. I've spoken to you prayer to this podcast. Yeah, sorry. Someone who resembles you just has been asking, like, is it, like, is it, has it got an open world like Saints Row? Has it got a story like Saints Row? Is it, it's not, it's not like Saints Row. And I don't know who it's for. Squad based shooter. So you, I mean, yeah, I guess. So you pick from the Agents of Mayhem, which is a roster of, and that's kind of the best bit, I think. The characters in it are really kind of fun. They're well designed. They're like, in, they're fun, they're different, they're distinct, um, and you pick a team of three from the Agents of Mayhem, and then you go down into uh, Seoul in South Korea, is the city um, that you're in, is the map. Uh, so you're a squad of three Agents of Mayhem, you can switch between them any time, and, and then you do missions, which are all very similar. Uh <laughs> It's, I just I don't know what it all, is I don't all, know who it's okay. for it's got there are some cool there's some cool stuff in it like yeah the characters are really fun it's kind of like a, a Saturday morning like 80s 90s Saturday morning cartoon like we, we were talking about like Thundercats or like the X-Men or um, G.I. Joe those kinds of things and it does have cutscenes that are animations which is kind of fun but then I just don't know I don't know what it is I don't know who it's for like <laughs> And the longer, you, and it's not for Saints Row fans. It's not like it at all. It's 
I mean, it try. There are some bits where you kind of go, ah, that's a bit Saints Row. Like that's kind of Saints Row. So there are some, like one of the characters is called Daisy. She's my favourite. Uh, she's like a, a massive, like self-described as built like a brick shit house roller derby girl, and her introductory mission is her like having flashbacks to being really drunk the night before and yelling at a sushi takeaway restaurant that she wants pizza and then getting into like a fight club with robots and stuff and stuff like that I'm kind of like yeah I can see that kind of saints row like sort of well observed but still kind of like puerile Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of humor but then like it's that nothing else is like Saints Row in it, really. But doesn't that play? Because uh, looking at you playing it, it seems like you're a third-person kind of action game. Like, yeah, it... they have explosions. You get different weapons and stuff. And and to start with, you're kind of like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But then the longer I played it, the less I enjoyed it. Because then you start noticing stuff like um, the controls are um, like sometimes I'd be really unresponsive if there's a lot going on like there are shitloads of explosions all happening at once so the game kind of goes ah! and like if you want to switch between agents and stuff if there's too much happening it feels like sometimes it'll go ah, not yet I'm not ready oh, like, okay. that kind of thing I think uh, they said they were patching that with the PS4 Pro patch, but well, mate, uh, you know, like we said, I've got a review. Yeah, what I've got right, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just stuff like that, and stuff like like you can have, you can call down a car, which is kind of cool. Um, uh, but so is it like and then crackdown? you no, no, it's not. I don't know what it's like. It's it's its own thing, but it it doesn't really corner. It's like it's an identity crisis. It doesn't yeah. know really what it is, uh, and it feels like. Like there, there are some ideas in there which could it could have been really good, but it was it never really went. Like I feel like if it had been allowed to be its own thing and wasn't to do with Saints Row at all, it would have been better. As you say, it's kind of stuck in that middle ground where it's almost trying to be a Saints Row game, but it can't be. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's it's an odd one, and the missions get really repetitive as well, and it's really annoying because like the you you'll come down from like the the mayhem helicarrier thing. Um, and go to like your mission start, which is a floating icon. So you drive there, or like you know, jump around mm-hmm. there. Because the map's really fun. It's like it's all kind of like clean and like futuristic, and it's very small. And there's fuck all going on in it, but it's it's like a nice city. It looks nice. The look of it's pretty cool. Uh, and then you go to your mission start, which is a floating icon, which will be like two hundred or maybe five hundred yard like meters away from where you you spawn in. You go there. And then the next part of the mission is to drive somewhere else and then somewhere else. And then okay, eventually yeah. you'll find like the um, Legion base, the bad guy's base. And you go down to the base, which all look the same. Uh, Grey walls, you know, like metal, shoot stuff. Like you see the same maps cycle through over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you shoot everyone in it. And then that's it. And then you Sounds finish really that mission. It's, I mean, I, don't, I just don't know but what... But inspired it... by loads of things. <laughs> Yeah, like so. Like some of the the best jokes in it, I think, are like the fact that each of the agents has uh, they have different skins, and a bunch of them have skins that are like uh, I was talking to mm. someone that looked like Colin about it um, that are like legally distinct cartoon superhero skins. So like, there's like one that's like Panthro. Uh, there's like an X Men one, obviously not the X Men. There's yeah. a there's a not Iron Man one. There's a not uh, Wonder Woman one. There's not the Hulk. Like. And that I think is really kind of fun and funny, and like and like that inspiration of like the the cartoons and stuff. I think would have been more interesting to go in that direction rather than being pulled that way and pulled towards 
Saints Row. Yeah. And you end up in a weird place where kind of like, you know, you know, like saying fuck isn't a joke in and of itself, you know? And it pains me to say that because I love swearing, but you need more. Mm. So I don't know. It's it's not terrible, but you just it's just not great. Seems lacking in substance. Yeah, it just feels like they they needed more time and they needed a clearer clearer direction, I guess. Yeah, which is which is a shame because I think a lot of people since Saints Row Four have been clamoring for for more Saints Row, and that kind of wrapped up pretty handily. So I'm not sure if we'll get mm. more. But Jesus Christ, it's all like gangbusters for him. So you would imagine they'll try. I mean, that's the joy of Saints Row is you can just you can just go yeah, like fuck it, like you did. The story can be whatever you want to be. But whatever about Saints Row, people have been on clamoring for more Saints Row for like four years. I don't know, three, four years, however yeah. long it's been. It hasn't been that long, but Jesus Christ, the last Bell. one was Get Out of Hell, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but that we don't really talk about yeah, that one, that um, except for the musical part. But Alice Bell, let me tell you, 23 years, 23 years, we have been waiting. We have been waiting silently, not silently at all, quite vocally, actually, <laughs> for another Sonic the Hedgehog game. A Sonic the Hedgehog game that harkens back to our childhoods. And by God, we've gotten it with Sonic Mania. Haven't we, Chris Hallam? Jesus Christ, it looks absolutely fucking lovely. It's great. It's amazing. Um, I know you haven't played loads of it. No, I doubt, basically, I drove back down last night um, and obviously any sane, sensible person at one o'clock in the morning goes, right, it's bedtime. I signed onto the eShop and bought Sonic so it would be there when I woke up this morning. Interesting, though, because I haven't played the Switch version. So, well, we can play it afterwards. Um, but it's it's great. It's really good. It, um, it's nice and smooth on the Switch, obviously. Um, it's It looks fantastic. I mean, yes, it's an old game visually, but in terms of kind of bringing that memory and then smacking it right in the 2017, oh, my God, it's it's my dream it's probably one of my most anticipated titles this year mm-hmm. so i'm really looking forward to absolutely like diving balls deep into it interesting choice of wording um and and like yeah I, I was the exact same and i came out the other end very happy with what i played yeah but wanting more wanting kind of more new things because there's 12 zones in Sonic Mania and four of them are completely new. The other eight are either recreated versions of the old ones or kind of like slightly remixed. Generally what I found... chemical zone, yeah. Like generally what I found was the second acts of things were were pretty like... mm, Like... Remixed to a point because they're still shackled by uh, what came beforehand. But it's interesting you say Chemical Plant Zone. Like, they're uh, in Act Two of that, fairly early on, you're introduced to this kind of bouncing goo that when you stand yeah. on this syringe, uh, which is an interesting wording in Sonic the Hedgehog, stand on a syringe. Uh, yeah, it injects this thing into a liquid and it, become, it basically becomes a kind of a bouncing pad for you. Uh, there are these kind of morphing helixes that you can jump into and yeah. propel you upwards. So they, yeah, they do kind and of the remix them. hovering pads the st- that move along surfaces. Exactly, yeah. yeah so there's can... kind of new new additions to it. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of, like, say, the power-up boxes are 
the the ones that were first introduced in Sonic Three. Um, like I I just I would have liked to have seen more new things from this team of developers who have shown that they have a clear understanding of what makes a Sonic game good. It's not racing from start to finish. It's having those more difficult, slower platforming bits prior to those parts where you're racing because it's almost like to get to that part, like that's a reward. You're being rewarded for again, just to not give away too many, uh, too many of the zones, just to pick chemical plant again. Uh, like that infamous part where, uh, do you know, uh, do you know those kind of blocks that are going diagonally and going from left to right? Yes. And it fills with water. Like yeah. and most Sonic fans be familiar with that. Like kind of those types of challenges. The twisting which, platforms. Yeah, yeah. Those types of challenges will then kind of lead you into the more, uh, the faster paced kind of moments where... And, and like to your point about how it looks, like it does look great. Like when Sonic is kind of racing through a level, and you Absolutely. see his spines kind of rippling in the wind, or Tails's tails and kind of Knuckles' dreads, and like, all that is really, really enjoyable. But yeah, I just I I would have liked more new stuff. Like yeah. like sacrifice the blue sphere bonus stages for for your own creation, whatever whatever it may be, because even. Like, like this. I think it's kind of been shown off a decent amount. The studio, Studiopolis zone, which I think is the third zone, is a completely new zone. Yeah, that takes takes inspiration from things like Casino Nights, uh, but at the same time, really injects a lot of new ideas and uh, like it looks great as well. Like a lot of kind of like that zone in particular, like color splashing all over the screen. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, I, I I just got onto that one actually. Really? Yeah, so I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So like, I, without a doubt, it is like the best Sonic game in quite a while. Oh, it's it's my favorite Sonic game I've played since I had a quick dabble with Sonic Colors, and it's better than that, um, and maybe the Sonic Advance games. So yeah, it's it's been the best one in a very long time. And with like the public perception seems to be similar, so hopefully, like I, I hope that this is a proof of concept to Sega uh, about how there is there is life or, or there is a kind of um, an audience out there for this type of Sonic, this two D style Sonic game. I hope. No, just... the the only issue, yeah, is what's coming next, and that's Sonic Forces, which. We'll see. I don't know. Like I played it and I thought it was all right. I played a bit on the Switch and I thought it was kind of wank. Like the I thought. I played thank it you, anyway. Alex. <laughs> like the 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 most. I mean, why would you be wishing the next Sonic game to be shit, Chris? <laughs> no, it's but, just I'm just living vicariously for Alice there. That's kind of how I felt about what I've seen of it so far. Uh, but the the most interesting part of Sonic Force is actually what I played is actually is the the the, the, cre- the created no the created character oh yeah Ra- rather than kind of either of the Sonics but I don't know we'll see um, but Alice Bell you yes. have have been playing I kind of forgot <laughs> uh, Sonic the Hedgehog mm, hair he has spines 
uh, what's your not Aloy I keep thinking she's Aloy what's her name Senua her name is in the fucking game she has an S in her name there you go so I was like Sonic Hellbla- terrible Hellblade Senua Sacrifice the worst yeah I, 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 it creeped up on me uh yeah, you played a little bit of this. Well, you played all of it. I played a little you bit. You played of a little this. bit. I played all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You quite the fan of Hellblade? It's fucking great. I think it's amazing. I heard Edge gave it a four. Oh yeah. Which, like, no, wrong. We all, that we all have opinions. Opinion is wrong. <laughs> Go on, expand. <laughs> we all have opinions. Um, no, it's. I think I think it's really. I m- me myself. Mm-hmm. I think. It is my opinion that it is, it is, yeah, thank you. It's very good. Colin didn't know my two middle names and he keeps stressing the fact that he does now. Yep. Um, and I just, I like that as a APL Bell. JK Rowling, J.R.R. Talking, <laughs> APL Bell. I mean, it just works. Uh, I think that it's very, very good. Really, very, very good. It's, um, it's they, so it's by uh, Ninja Theory who did DMC. Heavenly Sword as well. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Sword. Doesn't matter. They did DMC. DMC. Yeah. Best uh, game of course, of all a very time. good yeah. <laughs> game. Um, and it's kind of a, they've described it as sort of like an independent AAA game or being like a kind of double A game because it's 25 quid and it's about eight to 10 hours, but it's very high quality in terms of like the look and, you know, the experience. Um, which it is. It looks fucking great. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Really great. Like everyone's been taking that same screenshot. There's a minute, there's a moment where you walk out of a forest and you see a giant horse's head made out of like ships. Yes, I think. and yeah. and everyone's kind of like, "Oh my god, this game looks so good!" I'm and totally... then everyone takes a screenshot at that point. It 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 looks fantastic. Yeah, I've probably well, I've played what two two and a half hours of it, uh, and it is such a fantastic looking game, and. The, there's there's a character in it. He's he's the only other. Am I right in saying he's the only other character, the only other human character in no, the game? I mean, there are there are others. There are a few a few others. There are a couple of characters that Sunny. Okay. Well, I mean, well, this a, is, a, okay, well, a, a character. Right, you come across him in the first hour, maybe, and uh, yeah, you you chat to him, don't you? And he kind of he appears. Uh, which I suppose we can kind of get onto that type of stuff. Uh, he kind of appears around you, and it's kind of a bit hazy and a bit filtered to fuck and all that kind of stuff, uh, because he's like this. I don't know. Is just that on he's just he's just a, he's a vision, like. But well, he's okay. alongside uh, Senua, and at first I was like, oh, I don't know. It looks kind of weird, but it fits within the world. And then I didn't actually realize it was Alice who told me that. That's FMV. He that's a real man, basically. Oh, right. But they've just yeah they've like just as I say into just filtered filtered yeah. it to fuck and it made it made it fit within the confines of the world. Uh, so I think what they've done visually is terrific. Everything yeah. I've seen of it looks amazing. It's so good. I mean that's one of the restrictions of so it was a very small team and they were constricted by sort of like money and stuff basically so they were like okay well first of all we know we can only afford to have one character one fully mm-hmm. you know animated speaking character uh, so so what can we do with that kind of thing so Hellblade Senua Sacrifice is about Senua who is uh, she's a Celtic woman a Celtic warrior um, from around the 8th century I think and um, she um uh, experience of psychosis so I mean and that's different for everyone that has psychosis mm-hmm. but uh, for Sanua she hears um, a lot of voices 
uh, which are collectively known as the Furies uh, in the game, and she um, uh, she experiences reality as uh, at the moment she's going, she's fighting her way into uh, hell, like the Viking hell, the hell of the Northmen, to um, save the soul of her lover Dillian, um, and it's they consulted uh, hell like when they were making Hellblade, Ninja Theory consulted with um, psychologists, like professors of psychology, uh, a guy called Paul Hunter, I think, at um, Cambridge, and uh, others. And they also consulted with mental health um, nurses and people at a, um, a centre called Recovery East who uh, had have experienced psychosis. So, like, every step of the way, they would make a bit, um, you know, let people play through it and see it and then take their advice and stuff. So, for example, all the voices that Senua hears are recorded um, binaurally. So that means bin- binar... I can't say it, but, like, <laughs> mm. with two mics. Binaurally. Binaurally. Yeah, there you go. Um, so that uh, the voices are heard... In you know you can hear them like some of them really close in your ear, then definitely on your right, and then some of them on your left, and and so they're like the voices aren't inside her head; she is experiencing them externally, like she's not hearing them in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, they are part of like her reality, and at no point does the game go like it was all a vision, or yep. like no, the, you know it doesn't. At no point does it go okay, this is real, this is not, because. It's all that, that is her reality. That is how Senua experiences everything. So that is how you experience it as well. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a game that was made to be played with headphones on. Oh yeah, you should definitely play with headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is one of the issues is that the um, the subtitling it doesn't subtitle all the voices, and it doesn't subtitle them in a way that that really gets across that experience, mm-hmm. uh, which people have noted is kind of a shame. Uh, and I mean, granted, a difficult thing to do. Like this is very much a game which leans on, on its audio. Yeah, you know. But I think the like the moment the subtitles either appear at the top or at the bottom mm-hmm. of the screen, like normal, where you could. I mean, games have done it before. You can have them appearing at different points in the screen, yeah, yeah. different font sizes and stuff. Um, but yeah, so the I mean, there there are kind of two aspects to the quote unquote gameplay. So one of them is fighting. So there's combat. Sony was a very good warrior, and then there's puzzle solving as well. And there is no tutorial, there's no HUD, there's no nothing. Um, You just kind of have to figure it all out yourself. But with help from, sort of help from the Furies, because they talk to Senua all the time, Um, but about her as well. It's very rude. Like, um, so, like, they'll say, like, oh, she, like, uh, in combat, if someone's about to hit you from behind, one of them will go, look out, or like, behind you. Mm -hmm. Or like, if in in combat, if if you're doing badly, Go, she's hurt, she's not strong enough, she can't do it. Or like at one point, very early on, you you like one of them will say, like, she needs to drop down, and then you drop down, and others will go, She's going the wrong what's she doing? She can't back up. And, and the, at that point, I was like, Oh shit, I've gone the wrong way. <laughs> and then later, as you get on, like in the game, you sort of know, Well, I can listen to that one because that one's not a bastard voice, yeah, 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 but that one's a dickhead, so I'll ignore that one, kind of thing. It's just a really interesting. Uh, I know. Well, it's a, first of all, it's a really interesting thing to kind of do, um, kind of a character with psychosis, and then, like, thankfully, they've done it very, very well. Yeah, it, I mean, from what everyone else has been saying, because obviously, I, I've never experienced psychosis, so, but like, people are saying it is, it's a, a kind of good representation of it, and it, 
it's it's good to see like Senua is it started with Senua as a character like they wrote her as a character first they didn't start with her having psychosis kind of thing so she's a full she's a well-rounded character um and so it's not like depicting mental health as is often done in games as just you know like it's the Achilles heel from the off well no it's not like she is not like a bad guy in an asylum running at you yeah screaming like in what was it we played Outlast Outlast yeah it's it's about she's, her and she's very likable as well. I she's like a, her a fully lot. fledged person yeah. who is hindered by her inner demons. Um, yeah, it was, it's it's like it's kind of or is she strengthened <laughs> at times? She's it's about how I guess it you know she has had real trauma and struggles in her yeah. life that have also been made more difficult because she has she's has you know psychosis and because other people don't understand it either yeah so like uh you know people in her life think she's cursed and then she thinks she's cursed but then at other times people say like no you just see the world differently and you know so it's interesting and then there are characters like the the guy you talked about who she knew in in her life and so you you sometimes you're not sure if if she's remembering things uh remembering conversations she had or if she's um, she's just kind of experiencing what she thinks they they would say, kind of thing. So uh, yeah, like that guy Druth and uh, her mum's in it and stuff as well. I don't want to give too much away because I really think you should mm-hmm. just play it. It um, sounds really interesting though, as a game that like te- like tries to kind of take on mental health, but in a way that's not overly trying to be respectful or trying to do it as something which is a a theme that's there it's something that's there and it's this person's luggage and it's kind of what they're carrying with them throughout their experience yeah i think it's very brave to do something like that so i think it's i think it is respectful in that it respects the experience so i did i I spoke to people in ninja theory and and i used the word like sensitivity and to me, he said like delicate. Yeah, and he said like when I hear words like that, I think it doesn't really like you know people who have psycho. He got contacted. They were contacted by a woman whose daughter hears like screaming and banging. Yeah, you can't twenty four hours a day, and that's not like a delicate experience. Mm-hmm. You can't dilute that. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes you need to give him the give the full brunt of it, or even moments where it's tempered down. Because I assume that at different points in the game that it it won't really affect you as much i mean uh, other get parts it might there there are some points where yeah. like it's 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 actually you know she comes across something very beautiful and lovely because it you know psychosis can can manifest as you know colors and nice stuff I as well so looked at the monitor when you were playing um and you you were looking at the tree and yeah it was yeah, all yeah. In orange i, do, I don't want to like i don't want to give um, too much away but the thing is that the only reason i said that is because that's been shown in a screenshot already in public so it's kind of already been out there that's the only reason i mentioned that part but yeah i can see where you're coming from the light and the dark yeah exactly, of the world yeah. which is cool you were almost a jill sandwich it's me mario would you kindly let's go bowling this is my favorite store on the citadel war never changes Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Alice Bell, and you, Chris Hallam, must give me the correct answer. All you do is say stop and then give me said answer. Clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 2002. 2002. Clue number two. There have been four entries in my main series, with the most recent coming in 2011. 
Clue number three. My games have been released on three PlayStation platforms. Three PlayStation platforms or consoles, if you would prefer. And clue number four. Only two months ago, it was revealed that I'm getting my own TV show from the same studio behind the Sonic Boom cartoon. Okay. Clue number five. My series is influenced by film noir, focusing on my efforts as a master thief. What? <laughs> All right. Clue number one, okay? My first appearance oh, in a, fuck, in a video game came in 2002. Clue number two. There have been four entries in my main series, with the most recent coming in 2011. It's so only stop, f- only stop, stop. Alice Bell. Oh, God, I can't. It's the guy in Thief, the Thief guy. I can't remember his name. I mean, I mentioned that at the end. Yes, he is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but like... Ugh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to push you, Alice. I can't remember his name. Fuck. Carry on. Clue number three. My games have been released on three PlayStation platforms. Or you could call me a PlayStation exclusive character, basically. Clue number four. Only two months ago, it was revealed that I'm getting my own TV show from the same studio behind the Sonic Boom, behind the Sonic Boom cartoon. So imagine if 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 I am if I am um, fucking if there is a cartoon of me, I'm probably quite a cartoony character. And clue number five: my series is influenced by film noir, focusing on my efforts as a master thief. Come on, Jesus. Clue number six. I'll give you a makeup a clue here now. Clue number six. I'm a fucking raccoon. Oh yeah, you are. You're right. Yeah. Stop. Chris Sly Helm. Raccoon. Phoebeus Raconus. Incorrect. That was the name of the no, first game. Th- wasn't yeah, it? that's yeah. not his name. I can't remember his name though. <laughs> Shit. I didn't even know this was a thing. Oh, didn't know I was. No a thing. idea who this character is. I don't oh, even really? know what these games are. I have no fucking clue. Oh, I, I don't know the name of the bloody raccoon, though. I'm so sorry. I mean, look, you get, oh. you, you you get the points by default because you got his you got his his Christian name at least. Yes, he is Sly Sly Cooper. That's it, the bastard. Is his name? No, oh. no fucking clue. Yeah. Right. You, you might you might as well, you might have made yeah. this up. I, I remember no the first. Yeah, it was Sly Raccoon Thievius Raconus, wasn't it? The first title, I think. Yeah, because it was like the Thievius Raconus or whatever is the uh, the book that yes. the Master Thieves learn from. You know, Sly Cooper Cooper games are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean they're probably never going to release a new one but yeah my first appearance in a video game came in 2002 of course the game that Chris just mentioned uh, there have been four entries in my main series with the most recent coming in 2011 which was the um, uh, Thieves in Time which was a Playstation 3 game yeah. uh, my games have been released on three Playstation platforms PS2, 3 and Vita and I actually didn't know this until today only two months ago it was revealed that I'm getting my own TV show from the same studio behind the Sonic Boom cartoon because at one stage it was meant to be getting a, um, a film yeah. but because of the poor performance of Ratchet and Clank yeah, it, it, that kind of got canned, but now it's getting a cartoon. And yeah, my series is influenced by film noir, focusing on my efforts as a master thief. Indeed, I don't know what Sly Cooper. Yeah. This is I've literally no. This is just not in my consciousness at all. We'll show. I'll show you a few screenshots in a minute. It's I don't think it's, through, but it's just weird that just. I, I trust he's a, he is a real character. Sly yeah, Cooper is he's like a blue raccoon. He was in, he? Um, like he was in a PlayStation All Stars as well. Yeah, and no, no, no idea. <laughs> um, You'll know him as soon as you see. Him. I he's bet got I those, won't. Like, we goggles on, hasn't I he? I bet I won't. 
Um, he kind of came out around the time the Jack and Daxter series kind of came out the year before, was it? it came out in 2002, Chris. I just told yeah. you. I know, I but it came one. out around that time, but it was like kind no. of those two. No idea. She, she doesn't know. Don't know, Chris. On to the questions, where every Tuesday we tweet at you, you lovely video gamer podcast listeners, asking for your questions for the aptly titled question segment and you answer in kind thank you very much just like Tom Stewart did uh, Tom had an interesting question is Mario Cross Rabbids just a Nintendo wank fest for middle aged games slash journalist which has been disguised as something new it's like, I mean for something filled with such joy seems a little bit cross I, well I mean I do I understand where they're coming from because I, I am I like I like Mario Rabbids from what I played of it anyway, but I sort of don't know who it's for. I Do you I, know what I mean? I think it's well, that was my question going into before I played the preview build whenever that was, month ago ish. And I think it is for I think I think it's for an older generation. Um but then it is difficult because I played like a very, uh, quite an easy opening part and then got lumped into a very difficult section of the game. So maybe, I don't know, I might take the player on a journey and actually kind of introduce new, I, mean, I probably should, uh, introduce new elements as it goes along, which then might be all right for kids. I don't know. Um, I don't mind if it's a wank fest. I still want to play it. It looks amazing. Uh, Captain Ketch. Uh, says, although it never rekindled the magic of Frontline, will Medal of Honor ever return? I don't know. <laughs> I don't uh, think so. I would say probably not. Do I, I don't do think I, so. Do I remember you saying that you're a Medal of Honor fan, Chris? I played the original Medal of Honors, yeah. Would you, I, but not a fan? Um, no, I, like, do you remember Medal of Honor Frontline when that came out on the PS2 back in the day? And that was the first time they did like the D-Day beach landing yeah. on the PS2. I played that on the PS2, but also played it on PC where it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked those, the, the first one. I thought that was really good. Then it kind of went to like Medal of Honor Rising Sun. I wasn't really a fan of that. The scope was too big for the console. So technology held that back really. Um, and then they did the Medal of Honor on um, PS3 and Xbox 360. And it was their kind of attempt to shift Medal of Honor away from what it was towards tackling the Call of Duty crowd. And they kind of tried to make it all like gritty and modern day and it fell flat. I mean, the best Medal of Honor they made in recent years was Medal of Honor Airborne. And it would be good if they if they were to bring it back, it'd be great to see them do something like that. But they've got Battlefield 1 now, so mm-hmm, I don't yeah. see the need for it. Uh, Harry asks, what other game series needs the Sonic Mania treatment? Now, this is an interesting question, because... Like, uh, it's well, not my, a remaster, my, right? But it's n- a- No. So, like, well, my... my un- kind of interpretation of the question was what game needs to go back to the way it used to do things? Like, what series needs to kind of forget all the bullshit and uh, that maybe has it has accumulated throughout the years and go back to day dot, I suppose. Call of Duty. Uh, would that be your answer? Well, yeah, I, I liked Call of Duty 2 on the, uh, when the Xbox 360 came out. It was amazing because that took like the kind of the take on the whole D-Day beach landing 
to the next generation and that was fantastic so i'd like to see them kind of strip this experience back so i'm interested to see what world war ii does but yeah it seems like they have granted haven't played it yet but yeah, yeah i mean there's part of me that's optimistic and there's a massive part of me that remains pessimistic because of what's happened to the franchise in recent years i'll tell you what i would like to see get the sonic mania treatment but that in terms of bringing something back and it's a war game brothers in arms Mm-hmm. that was great did you ever play the brothers in arms series know. from ubisoft it was um it was gearbox so before they kind of went into stuff like borderlands and alien colonial marines which we don't mention um brothers in arms was like um it was a second world war it was a first person shooter but it had squad elements and you kind of commanded your squad so think of it like ghost recon crossed with call of duty 2 so you kind of have like the original Ghost Recons um, where you actually commanded your squad and asked them to go to different places. So it was kind of like a first-person shooter with strategy elements in there. Mm-hmm. And it, it was fantastic. It was really good. They really got the story over really well. And when it came to this generation, well, the PS, the PS4 and the Xbox One, they were talking about maybe bringing it back, and then it kind of went by the wayside, unfortunately. It was just before, actually, the PS4. And f- what would you say, Alice Bell? Um, well, I mean, I think Assassin's Creed needs to shed some of the... Assassin's Creed did come into my mind, all right, chap. Shed some of the baggage it collected, yeah. Um, and hopefully Origins going to do that, because I liked what I played of Origins. Um, and... I mean, I love Bioware, as you well know, and as the listeners probably know as well. But I think, again, like, and I fucking love Inquisition, but I think if they... Is she actually going to criticise Inquisition? I think if they add, they add, keep adding more, it's just going to get too bloated. So I think they could do with... They, if if they do if air quotes they do another Dragon Age game, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they could do with stripping it uh, back a little bit because there was a lot of busy work in Inquisition. Like back to Origins, not back that far. I really loved Origins. Oh, I, I thought did Origins too, yeah. was fantastic. It was great. Uh, I would say Metal Gear Solid uh, if we ever get another one, which we won't. So I'm going to focus preemptively what? say Death Stranding probably has too much in it as well. Probably, yeah. So <laughs> well, Metal Gear Solid Five was all right but they just didn't finish it nobody no but metal gear so like i'm saying go like if we're interpreting the question in that like what needs to kind of go back to the oh, way it used to do things yeah. then i would say uh metal gear solid because for me metal gear solid five it didn't have enough of the pomp and circumstance uh that i enjoy about a metal gear solid game it didn't it didn't actually have enough outrageous <laughs> kind of, cutscenes. Yeah, yeah like not like metal gear solid 4 pushed it too far with having cutscenes lasting an hour and a half i mean jesus yeah. christ come on but uh like yeah i think there is, there is a happy medium between three uh or sorry yeah between metal gear solid three and metal gear solid five uh, but that just about does it for this week's edition of the video gamer podcast thank you very much dear listener for listening but of course uh, we do also have to give a little shout out to the VGBGs. As always, thank you very much for your continued support. This week, delightfully, you'll get two video gamer extras. Aren't you spoiled for choice? But it might also be because you didn't get one last week. But you are getting two this week to kind of make up for it. Uh, earlier this week, uh, on Monday, you got the one which had Chris. And you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation here, Chris. Uh, where Chris explained about Alauda Equiano. Exactly. So you can get that uh, if you 
are a VGBG no. Uh, and later on this week, I will be explaining something. Uh, Wrestling, to, football. To, I don't know, so it's probably one of the two. Frosted tips. Um, to, uh, to my lovely colleagues. And uh, you... Yeah, you're gonna, you won't be getting a Q&A this week. You'll be getting that next week. And what else should you be getting? You'll be getting an extended bit of this podcast, which may or may not be about ranking crisps, potentially. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Someone's going to die if we do that. Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, but, of course, yeah, if you enjoy this podcast, we do ask you to rate us on iTunes. Uh, you can rate us between one and five stars. Be a darling. Give us a five, would you? Uh, but you can also follow Video Armor on all of the relevant social networks. On Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, which we still say we still need to start using those last two more, uh, at videogamer.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash videogamertv. But for all of your video gamer needs, just head to videogamer.com. And now it's time for my least favorite part of the show. This is the part of the show where we must bid the listener adieu. So say goodbye, Chris Hallam. Goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye, Alice Bell. Goodbye, everybody. And say goodbye, Colin Mahern Sloan Guffall. <laughs>